Welcome to the Higher Potential Living Podcast, where we discuss improving quality of life by exploring mind, body, and spirit through a mindful lens. Here's your host, Jason Marichello. Hello and welcome everybody once again. On today's episode, I was joined by Alex Robertson. Alex is the CEO of Camp Uchigayas and Camp Trillium, which are camps for children and families affected by cancer. Uh, now, Alex, before becoming the CEO, has been a career camper for a number of years. He's traveled around the world working with different groups and organization, and he really helps bring joy to people every day, whether it be the campers, the counselors, through all the different programs and everything that are on the go. And we get into a little bit of that. On top of that, Alex is a self-proclaimed uh, runner, piano guy, and avid apple eater. So just to really round out his bio there. In this episode, um, we really just kind of look behind the scenes at what it takes to kind of make some of these organizations run and uh, really gives us a glimpse into the way that we can even impact the world around us and just start bringing a little bit more joy to every single day. I had so much fun uh, connecting with Alex again. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome, Alex. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, we've already had some laughs on this phone call before I hit the record button. But um, yeah, thank you so much for agreeing to be on this call. I'm excited to get this interview underway. Jason, I was thrilled to hear from you and delighted to be part of this. Thank you. My pleasure. Now, I was trying to wrap my head around because if you Google Alex Robertson, there's lots of different stuff that comes up. And I was trying to figure out what is this podcast episode going to look like? And I thought that we would just kind of take it from, from camp because that's when really all kind of started. Now, you have been in the whole camp world for a very long time. So what started that seed? What planted that seed that you were going to be a career camper? Yeah, well, I mean, I was delighted to be part of this because, Jason, I get to connect with you at camp. And um, camp is, without a doubt, one of my favorite places to be. I mean, where else can you play, sing, dance, jump around and, uh, and, you know, make a whole lot of joy every single day. Um, I was lucky enough to get to be part of camp. Um, like my parents sent me to camp as a kid. And, uh, and so I had two older brothers and, uh, and I followed in their footsteps because I looked up to them so much. So camp has been part of my life since I was a little kid. My, they sent me away when I was six years old for, for a month. Um, but they love me. They really do. <laughs> uh, I um, I thought that I wanted to be an actor. I thought I wanted to go into theater. And so that's what I ended up studying. And um, when I was in school, uh, a cousin of mine who's a who was a pediatric oncologist at the time, she was working at this camp in the States called the Hole in the Wall Gang Camp, which is a mouthful. But if you, um, if you can recall, uh, you know, Paul Newman, the actor, right? And uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Remember mm -hmm. that movie? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, or Newman's Own Salad Dressing. How's that? Yeah. So Butch Cassidy, um, which is a terrific film from the late 60s, I think. Um, his gang was the Hole in the Wall gang. And Paul Newman started this camp for children with life-threatening illnesses um, as, a, as an oasis, as a kind of hole in the wall where they could go and escape and find friends. Um, 
so she called me and said, look, there's a theater opening. Uh, the theater instructor is not coming back next summer to this camp. Why don't you apply and see if you can get a job? And I think she thought that like, hey, Paul Newman is going to be at the camp. He'll discover you, Alex. And, you know, you can become an actor and really fulfill your life's dream. I might have thought a little bit of that, too. Uh, but I loved camp so much. So I went to this camp and within about a week of being there, um, my life changed. And I realized that uh, camp was a place that I could really um, invest myself and grow and uh, contribute to something that was much bigger than, than who I was. Um, and I would say that was just the beginning of, um, of me really kind of leaning in towards what the power of camp is all about. And you were with Camp Hole in the Wall Gang for a good chunk of time as well, weren't you? Yeah, it was my, it was my, I was working there while I was in, in school. And then, um, you know, my last year of school, I, you know, I was doing the summer jobs. My last year of school, I got a call in like December from the camp director and he called and said, Alex, um, Newman, Paul Newman just got back from uh, Botswana. He was there with his family and uh, he wants to start a camp there. Any interest in going over and starting a camp in Botswana? And I was like, yes, I'd love to. And where is Botswana? <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I figured that out quickly and uh, I took a pause on school. I, I actually jumped on a plane to New York a week later and uh, we did some ground training and then we went over to Botswana and uh, we did a pilot program for children who were living with AIDS in, uh, in rural Botswana. And uh, we flew them out by a float plane to uh, the Yakavenga Delta, where we uh, set up a children's camp mm. at these uh, safari camps that really typically were used by wealthy tourists. But in the rainy season, we could um, bring kids in and expose them to uh, re really what was rightfully theirs or, or you know, this incredible, you know, nature. The Yakavanga Delta is just one very special place where um, all of the most incredible endangered species and um, the great animals of Africa um, are. And a lot of the kids who were there, uh, who came to the camp had never been there. They'd never, they'd never seen a lion before. And yet they lived in Botswana and, um, and because of their, well, because of their experience, they just had never been exposed to it. So, um, so we set up a camp there and uh, I mean, I was, I would say it was successful. Uh, we got kids out, we brought doctors and nurses so that kids can continue, uh, you know, getting their medication and um, and they learned a lot about about the wilderness. It was, it was a pretty magical thing. Is camp camp no matter where in the world you are? Like, is there still the same ole oleanas and all that kind of stuff that comes into play? Like, did you find that there were some issues with language barriers or any of that kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. What what is the definition of camp? Um, and we, we had to think about that. Like, how do you bottle up camp and take it over to Africa? And I would say that probably in my naivete of being in my early 20s, um, I, uh, I probably subscribed to this idea that I was going over and bringing camp with me. Mm. And, uh, and I was quickly schooled that, uh, that that's actually not the way it works. And that camp um, isn't something that you bring with you necessarily because it already lives in people. I mean, when you're at camp, Jason, like what's your, you know, what's the experience that you have that you're like, ah, I'm at camp. What's that thing that you're like, I've arrived. You know, it's interesting because it's like the shoulder, like I've, I've gone through in my journey, a lot of work to try to be my most authentic self the majority of the time, no matter where I am and everything. And honestly, camp 
was kind of one of those things that helped me realize what that was. Because to me, that feels like that's camp. You're at a place where you can relax your shoulders, you can let go and you can be yourself. And for me, that is a lot of silly, a lot of play and just wanting to connect and have fun. So I, I, I totally agree with you. I think that is inside of everybody. You just need a space to let it out, a hole in the wall, if you will. Yeah, I think being you know, the authentic self, I think that's a great place that we can kind of tease out what the definition of camp is. Um, because I think when we bring kids to camp, one of our objectives is to give them the space and the freedom where they can be their authentic selves. Like for the kids who, um, you know, that I've been in service of children who have life-threatening illnesses, uh, cancer, HIV, thalassemia, you know, really very chronic illnesses, ones that, um, that, you know, the children spend days and weeks living on the hospital floor or away from school. A lot of the time kids spend a, a great deal of time with their parents or their guardians, so much so that their guardians are their best friends, maybe even their only friends. And we bring them to camp so they can actually step outside of themselves and try on a different costume and, and kind of realize who their authentic self is. And so when I think of what, what defines camp and how do you, um, foster camp in different environments it's really setting the, the groundwork setting the rules of, of what is allowed mm-hmm. um, and that means giving freedom and space for people to be themselves for them to be to be able to try on different personalities for them to be able to uh, challenge uh, who they thought they were like I one of my favorite activities at camp to do is the rock climbing wall and um you know, what I love about the rock climbing wall is that it's this, it's this great, it, it connects so many people at, at the exact same time, whether you're climbing or you're supporting somebody who's climbing or you're the instructor who's, uh, you know, on belay for, for a child who's, who's climbing. For some kids, the challenge is just putting on the actual harness and that might be enough for them. For other kids, it's, uh, it's actually taking the first step and, you know, going onto the rock wall. And, um, and I'll speak for myself. When I was a kid growing up, like it was actually seeing how high I could go. And then it was, you know, it was like, how can I continue to challenge myself? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what we were trying to do when we were in Botswana too, is how can we create opportunities for young people to challenge themselves? Because I think when we challenge ourselves, that's when we grow. That's when we develop. I love and, it. I think you touched on something pretty strong there. I remember one of my early Camp Uchigeus days as a camp counselor, I think I was working with intermediate boys. And so around like 12 years old. And one of my campers, I think they had just gone through some treatment or something and their joints were a little bit sore. They were feeling a little achy, but it was rock climbing day. And we were all excited to get out to the rock wall. And he really, really, really wanted to get to the top, but he just wasn't feeling good. But he promised his parents that if he would get a picture of him up at the top of the rock wall. So all of us camp counselors like, okay, we are not not letting him get to the top of the wall. How do we do this with, you know, how he's feeling and all this kind of stuff. And we ended up, I think I I strapped in alongside of him and I basically would climb up a little bit and like lift him up to a place on the wall where he can hold. And it took like (laughs) quite a bit of time to slowly make him comfort his way comfortably up the wall, getting into the top of the wall. I just kind of like went flat, hit the deck down so that I wasn't in the picture or anything. And he was able to get that shot still. And like in his mind, it was still such 
of victory because he felt like he wasn't going to be able to do it. And he later explained to us like that is what having cancer for him was like. It was all these things that he wanted to do and just feeling like, I just can't do it. I can't do the same things that my friends are doing. And it was just starting to feel like something that would hold him back from being a regular kid. And yet in that moment, we were still able to get him up to the top of the wall so we can get that picture and he could you know, show his parents that he could do anything that a normal kid could do. And that I think talking now at what hooks me to the camp experience, maybe this is something that is specific to working at a camp like Camp Uchigeus, but that's what hooked me as a camp counselor moving forward. It's just like, oh my goodness, to be able to provide space for that kind of magic to take place for these people is is in- incredible. So sorry, that's my little tangent. As soon as you said rock wall, I was like right there. Well, yeah, of course you're a rock, you're a rock wall, you're a rock wall guy. It's what you do. Yeah. Um, well, it's one thing you do. Yeah. Uh, I love that story, Jason, because I think uh, that's, you know, that's redefining what the, what the bar is. Hmm. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, I grew up going to you know, like many people I grew up, you go to school and, you know, here are the rules here, are the, here's the standard for passing and failing. Um, and there's this, these structures that are in place that uh, I think for a lot of the time I just accepted like, well, that's just, you know, that's just what's normal. And that's, those are the, the rules that I'll play by. And for, um, well, I think for all of us, but, you know, certainly it's, it pops up with at a camp like Ooch for kids with cancer. Um, there's a different finish line mm. and it's defined by them. And, uh, and certainly the support of the counselors and the instructors, but, you know, uh, you, I think at camp, I realize what's important to me personally. And so that helps me define what success is going to be. And I think that's what we do for kids when they come to camp and actually, and the counselors too. Right. I mean, would you say that uh, that surprised you that, you know, the, what victory would be for your camper, you know, that, that, that for, for him, it wasn't necessarily that he had to get every single hole or hold on the way up. It was the finish line for him was the photograph, right? Something, some like piece of uh, the gratification that he could bring home in the moment. Oh, for sure. And like, it doesn't end there. As I've been like, I, I first stepped on ground with Camp Ujigayas, which we have to get there. We have to find out how you got to Camp Ujigayas. But when I first stepped on on uh, camp ground was in 2010, I believe. And um, I had no idea what I was getting into. I was not one of those kids that went to camp. Being a camp counselor at Camp Uj was my first camp experience. And um, one of my high school teachers, I remember he would always was really big uh, into a great guy. He was um, one of our rugby coaches. And every year at the athletic banquet or whatever, he would always show some slides from Ooch and talk about some fundraising and all this kind of stuff. You're wondering, who is this (laughs) great guy? Uh, Gary, you probably remember Gary. Yeah, of course. So he always spoke so highly of it. And years down the road, I was thinking myself, like, I really just want to, I want to give back in some way. And I looked at getting into big brothers and doing some different organization stuff, but I was fairly nomadic at the time and big brothers, like some stability and where you're going to be. And I just happened to run into Gary again. And I was like, Gary, oh my goodness. It's so great to see you. And I was talking to him and he's like, you need to come to Ooch. You need to come to Ooch. Like this is, of course, why didn't I think of this before? You'd be great as a counselor. He wrote me his letter of recommendation. And I went through the process of which was the 
most interesting interview process. Again, I had no experience with camp. And here I am in a room full of other people who are playing games of how we can untangle the rope and all this kind of stuff. But stepping foot on campground and all of a sudden they're like, okay, so we got to go and grab our pool noodles. I'm sorry, what are we doing with these pool noodles? Oh, no, no, we're going to make a big tunnel for the kids when they come out of the bus. And, you know, maybe maybe you look really good in this red sequin dress. Like, oh, okay, I will put this red sequin dress on then. <laughs> so it, it was like expanding my expectations on a regular basis and not even expectations, my, my wonder, my, my sense of awe at what camp could be at every step of the journey. But the lessons that really came from the whole experience definitely came from the kids. And like you said, these, these individuals who maybe spent a lot of time with their parents or with uh, doctors, nurses, this was a whole different, I'm pretty fascinated in psychology as well. This was a whole different psychology of human behavior in a lot of ways. And it was almost like, oh, how do we, how do we draw the kid out of them a little bit more? If they've been so used to being around adults for so long and like, okay, yes, I have to, you know, speak and speak the language and use big words because that's what adults like to hear from a child and all this. Like, no, no, I don't want to hear you use big words. I want to see you go roll in the mud or I want to see you, you know, go jump in the lake and, and scream as you, you feel the cold water for polar bear dip and all that. But there's been, yeah, without getting too deep into it, so many experiences that have just blown my mind. So uh, let's go back to the camper that you were helped get to the top of the rock wall. Cause I, 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 mean, I just like where this tethers into um, to what we're speaking about, you know, the, for him in the moment and maybe for the whole counseling team, it was let's get Tyler to the top of the rock wall. And in that moment, that was success, right? That's how he defined success. There's a residual there. And the residual is that, you know, he goes home at the end of camp and he shows his parents his photograph of look what I accomplished at camp. And that experience is captured in that photograph. But, you know, there's so much into that, right? There is all of his camper, camp, camp cabin mates and counselors cheering him on in the moment. There was even, you know, reverse backup before that. There was thinking about going to the rock wall, thinking about setting a goal. And then there is the whole experience of going through it and accomplishing the goal. And probably there was some like many failures in there as he doubted himself or he missed a hold or, you know, other counselors had to jump in and, and, you know, help move him or, or, you know, get him to the top. So then he goes home and he has that experience that he is going to be able to pull from for the rest of the year. And, uh, you know, I think in my own life, you know, there's challenges that come up all the time and uh, certainly during COVID almost every day. And, uh, and it's those experiences of, of accomplishment and sometimes failure that I draw from. And I think that happens with our campers too. They come to camp and we, we build them up. And um, I, I think of it as a, you know, almost like we, we fill them like a balloon filled with encouragement and praise and constructive uh, direction and um, instruction uh, and, and love. Mm -hmm. And that is a balloon, like a fuel tank that they are going to be able to carry with them as they go through, you know, their, their life of different ups and downs, whether it's, um, you know, being in remission and living in fear of cancer coming back or going through other throes of chemotherapy or treatment or transitioning back into school. I mean, that's something that, um, you know, many of us can take for granted that, oh, it must be just so great to be back in school. Well, for a lot of the kids, they've been out of school for, for months and possibly even years. And the, uh, the, the kind of courage it takes to 
transition back in, um, it, it's a lot. And I think that's where camp comes in as a, as a real toolbox for them. You touched on something else that really got me, me thinking there as well. When you talked about like all of his co-campers and fellow campers cheering him on and everything, there's a moment there because of the unique environment of a camp like Ooch, where all these other kids are going through or have gone through similar experiences where I'm sure there's lots of moments where they're cheering on and saying, seeing themselves in that moment, all mm-hmm. the, you know, kids are looking and saying, I remember when I had gone through and I remember feeling or how it feels to just be so icky and down and not being able to do it. So in a lot of ways in those moments, and I've talked to some of the kids about it, when they're cheering on their fellow campers, they're cheering themselves on too and showing to themselves and proving to themselves like, yeah, we can do this stuff. There's ways that we can do this. And with people around that care for us and love us, that we can accomplish amazing things. Maybe it's not me just doing things by myself. Maybe, yeah, I need to realize that I might need some support from my community, from my support staff, where, you know, like you say, us counselors or whatever, we're propping them up and letting them step on our face so he can get to the next hold or whatever. Um, I don't know where this falls in under safety regulations. <laughs> yeah, hey, it's, it's all relative. That was like 10, um, that was so long ago. Uh, isn't it true though, that, that when we have, when we know something about somebody that we identify or connect with, that we feel closer to them, mm-hmm. right? And for kids who come to camp, um, you know, for Ooch, that's a camp where every child, uh, you know, certainly at the patient camps uh, has been diagnosed with a cancer, they have a cancer diagnosis. Um, now, I, 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 you know, I go as a counselor every summer, too. And I did have a cabin of uh, little guys, I think, you know, they must have been six years old. And I remember on the second night, um, one of our, one of the kids was having a really tough time um, getting into camp. He was very homesick. And he was young, he was six years old. Mm-hmm. But uh, on the second night, he he, he had just kind of come around and turned a corner, you know, the first 48 hour, hours of camp were done. It wasn't so bad. And uh, I was tucking him in and saying, you know, good night to him. And he's like, and he pulled me closer and he said, Alex, I got to tell you something. I have cancer. I said, Oh, well, I'm, thanks very much for telling me that Ahmed. And he said, no, no, there's something else. And he pointed around to all the other boys in the cabin. He's like, I'm pretty sure all the boys in this cabin have cancer too. <laughs> I said, okay, well, thanks. Thanks for telling me that, you know, and he, 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 that's the, he hadn't come to camp, I think, expecting that everybody would, ca- would have cancer, but what a door opener for him. Mm-hmm. You know, what a, what a realization to, to see that he was not alone in this, uh, in this journey. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, I, I don't know about your experience at Ooch, but certainly mine is in, um, in all the camps that I've been involved in. We don't spend a lot of time talking about illness or death or disease or treatment. Um, kids don't sit in circles and talk about cancer. Um, you know, they sit in circles and talk about like soccer and about, you know, uh, card games and, uh, and about fart jokes. Um, yeah. uh, but just having that knowledge is, is empowering for them. And, and when I think of my own life, I, that's something I seek is always wanting to connect to people to find out, you know, certainly what we have in common and then also what we don't have in common, you know, where, where somebody has got a unique interest or knowledge base that I don't have. That's a great door opener for me. Um, and the people that impress me the most are those that ask great questions and are listening so intently because mm-hmm. they want to learn um, not from me necessarily, but from, you know, people out there. Lots of pressure for me to ask great questions now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it's so true. And there's so many kids that I spoke to at camp that say like, this was the first place I felt comfortable to take my wig off 
or something like that, or to have my shirt off because, you know, for some of these kids, they have ports or they have, you know, other uh, physical signs that they've gone through some, some pretty traumatic experiences and either they're just not wanting to go into the conversation because they feel like it's their job to explain or educate people on things, which can be exhausting, but they also just want to kind of feel normal, I think, as, as whatever that means or uniquely themselves. I don't know what the best terminology, but when they see everyone else is going through some of the same stuff, there's been moments where I've seen like groups of people wait until they get off the bus to throw their, you know, wigs off together or something like that. And it's, it's pretty powerful. Again, people will talk to us as, as counselors and say, oh, it's so amazing what you, you do. You go out to camp, you volunteer in this setting. And it's almost like this hidden, I, I almost don't want to say it out loud, but it's almost like this little secret that we have as people that work for uh, the camp or work for organizations like that. Like we get so much out of this experience. We learn so much. It's so rewarding that it's almost like, oh man, if people knew how much we got out of it, they wouldn't be thinking that we were so awesome. They think we were just selfish. <laughs> no, I, don't know, so, I, I know I kind of trick my wife every year, like, oh honey, you know, I gotta go to a camp for two weeks because they, they need me there. And then I'm like giddy as a little schoolboy as I'm getting on my way up to camp. Right. Yeah. It's um you know, I, I think that has well, let me speak from my experience of being a camp counselor in camp mode. I think when I'm my, mo I'm, I'm my most present at camp, mm -hmm. I'm my most available, aware, open, and uh, that it really replenishes me, it really fills me up um, because I've got no pretense. I'm just open to the experience of the kids and my fellow co-counselors, and that's really freeing. Mm -hmm. And um, and I, I think that's what I'm feeling when I when I'm on camp and I'm like, wow, this is so rewarding. Um, Cause I get to be so present and open to helping. And I think that's, that's what compassion is. It's right. It's, it's being able to recognize the opportunity in front of, in front of me, mm -hmm. in front of you um, to help others. Now I want to do, I want to go full circle before we run out of time and we don't even get to your part of the story of how you got to Ooch. Okay. So yeah. Camp hole in the wall gang. And you're, you know, starting camps around the world and all of that experience or in Africa. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and I've been lucky and, and it kept going. So I, we started, we did that camp program in Botswana and it was successful. Um, so much so that uh, we started uh, doing pilot projects in uh, Uganda and there was programs that opened in South, South Africa. And so the Southern Africa and sort of Eastern part of Africa is where those programs blossomed. And um, I had the opportunity to go to go and help uh, start programs in Vietnam um, as well, which is really interesting. Actually, that was a program where we were serving children who had HIV and AIDS um, as well as children who were the, um, the, they were children of the veterans of, uh, of the war in Vietnam yeah. who had been affected by Agent Orange so or other herbicides that had been dropped by the Americans during the during the war, um, which had led to all sorts of um, birth defects and, um, uh, you know, spina bifida, all sorts of things. And what an incredible, um, it, to, to be able to bring together these two populations, you know, one, a group of kids who have, you know, you can't see what they have, um, it's AIDS or HIV. And, uh, and then another group of kids who um, it's very visible mm -hmm. that they have had 
you know, that they are living with, with something in quotes. And, um, and I remember very well the first night of camp, um, we bring these, these groups together and they're all in different, you know, in cabin groups that are merged. And uh, there was a shared experience on one side of the, um, of the demographic who would not get into the tent with the other uh, mm-hmm. demographic. Mm-hmm. And uh, because of the stigma connected um, to HIV and AIDS, and uh, uh, which isn't, this isn't too long ago. This is maybe, well, this is maybe 10 years ago. Um, and that was one of the challenges we had in front of us is trying to unite this group of children. Um, and, and I would say, just to skip through the story, Camp did that. You know, we played games with them. We did challenge activities. And uh, over the course of that week, we saw the, that group of kids, you know, become one and quite united. And uh, when I think about, um, so, skip ahead, I ended up uh, working at, at Hole in the Wall uh, for a few years, and I'd always known about Camp Ooch, uh, having grown up in Ontario, and so the director job opened up up here, and I threw my hat in the ring and, and crossed my fingers, and I was lucky enough to, to get the job, and I've been here ever since. Um, but I see, I see at camp uh, the, the ability for camp to unite people, and we were talking a little bit earlier about how um, when you kind of learn something that's common about somebody else that you know brings them closer um and i i think that that's true sure about illnesses but actually just about people you know like have you had campers in your in your cabin group who haven't gotten along no it's never happens no yeah it's not some like beautiful oasis up at ooch all the time Mm -hmm. uh right kids get in fights and they not fights but they you know they you know get in each other's grill and they they're storming and norming and all the good stuff that should be happening for young people for them to develop right and uh i think that's something that's really special about camp is that it's this environment that allows kids to really again explore who they want to be the kind of person they want to be the kind of friend that they want to be you know i had actually a really impactful um eye-opening moment the last time I was up at camp in person, which, you know, this past summer, unfortunately, uh, or no, we had to, we had to modify it. We had to adapt, but, um, there was one child in particular who was really testing <laughs> patients in different ways. And, you know, um, the cabins, uh, have a couple entrances to them and, and for different purposes, there are locks on them for when people aren't there and stuff like that. And this one individual loved to brace everyone to the cabin, then lock everybody out so that we couldn't get in. And this would happen on a regular basis and was really trying, trying everybody's patience. Even, you know, you and everyone at Ooch uh, staff have collected together amazing volunteers who just have patience of saints. And I'm, I'm not trying to speak of myself, but I, I, I marvel at some of the individuals that you've gathered together. And even by the end of it, you know, we weren't proud of it, but some of us counselors were saying like, man, why haven't they sent him home? And this was where the powerful message came to play. And I was sitting and watching everything take place. And there's the support staff that's there um, now for people who need a little bit more uh, attention. Some of the counselors that needs a little bit more one-on-one time. So one of the support people were walking around, I was talking to them. And the conversation went so beautifully about, you know, how many people would have already sent him home? How many camps, how many schools, how many organizations, how, you know, all this kind of stuff. And we never know what's going on at home for these individuals. We never know, 
you know, what the month was like before camp and all of this kind of stuff. And it's true. We don't know. We make assumptions. And as soon as they brought that up and said, how many places would this person have been at where they already would have been sent home, where people would have given up on him already. And then all of a sudden it was this eye opening, like, my goodness, camp is so much more potentially than just a place to go and have fun. It, like you said, there's these moments where kids need to kind of get in each other's grill or they need to learn what it means like to be in a society kind of setting where they would maybe get some of that kind of stuff at school, but they're not getting it if they're spending years in hospital. So it's really, it's almost like a, it's almost like a, I don't know, field study for some of these, these cases for like, okay, learn how to be a kid, learn what's acceptable, learn what's not acceptable, not from punishment, but from, you know, these other people, they tend to want to be my friends more when I'm a little bit more accepting. And when I unlock the door and let them in, they want to play with me more. And that's Mm -hmm. not something you can shove down a kid's face. That's something that naturally nature needs to show them kind of takes place. And it was a super powerful moment for me. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's very real, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, and not to, uh, I mean, I understand the, the analogy of the field study, but it's very real because the kids come up and, and they're, they're, I mean, it's their time, right? It's, it's their time. And in fact, it's your time too, as a camp counselor. I think that's one of the reasons that camp works so well is that there are real life consequences, positive and not so positive uh, in the uh, community of a cabin group, you know, where like, it's not that, you know, the camp counselor um, is there and, you know, is going to shut off at six o'clock and just forget about everything that happened that day. Uh, You know, you are, you're there, you're living the experience of being in this cabin group. And every time you go back to camp, I bet, I imagine Jason, um, it's a different experience every time. Right. You, you can't just pull out your old tricks from well, this is what I did last summer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got to be one needs to be totally present. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of what we do at camp is really fun and it's really full of joy and music and positivity. Uh, but what is anchoring it is that everybody at camp knows um, and is being very deliberate and intentional about the experience we're providing the kids, because we know that it, it really does make the difference in allowing kids to thrive. Um, you know, there's something special about the outdoors, right? There's something special about getting out to nature and, um, you know, putting away our phones and our tablets and uh, being able to try something in the outdoors that we don't do on a day-to-day, whether that's just jumping in the water or going for a walk or a stroll along the lake. Um, or perhaps like climbing the rock wall or, or trying water skiing or something. Um, or my, my favorite thing to do, my probably, I shouldn't say this. One of my favorite things to do is going on a canoe trip. Um, and because that is the ultimate, uh, you know, getting kids outside of their comfort zones and quite frankly, getting me into my comfort zone too. And, uh, and when we, when we, get, when we get out of our comfort zones, I think that's once again, where the learning happens and it can look like a lot of fun and it can look like a lot of joy. Uh, but the, um, the muscle that we're uh, forming or that we're, we're building, um, you know, that we're training is, is really going to help us direct our values in our life, you know, and, and whether it's being on a canoe trip and, you know, washing the dishes with your buddy, or it's, uh, you know, back at my desk and, you know, working through a challenging problem. Um, I've, I've been able to train that muscle on the over, overnight camp. 
is this connecting to my, my oh, <laughs> do, totally. do you see where I'm trying to, if you knew me in like some of the other stuff, I always refer to the brain as segments of muscles and like strengthening these different components that allow us to either be in the rational thinking mind and all this kind of stuff. So you're actually speaking my language very clearly right now. Good, but, um, Good stuff. For those that don't know what a day up at camp. Now we're talking like, obviously there's in hospital programs that like we haven't even touched on any of that, which I haven't had the privilege of doing much of, but in hospital programs, plus you have Ooch downtown, which is an amazing building and all this, but speaking specifically about the Muskoka camp, what is the day? Uh, what does a day look like for a camper up there? For those that have no idea what camp Ooch is, is kind of uh, all about. Sure. Well, uh, so camp, uh, I mean, the morning starts bright and early with a polar bear dip and everybody is invited um, to come down to the lake and you could dip your toe in the water or you could jump full body commitment into the water and have a, have a it's a great way to wake up with the entire camp, camp down, at the, down at the lake. And, um, and we, you know, then we go in for breakfast and breakfast, lunch and dinner are, it's like, the best party you've ever been to um, three times a day. There's a lot of singing, a lot of dancing, a lot of positivity. Uh, and you share a meal with your, with your friends. Um, and then the mornings are made up of activities. So we are a pretty traditional overnight camp. We, you know, do archery and canoeing and fishing and rock climbing. Um, what's, ex what's special about Ooch is that we, we bring sick children to camp. And we do that because we can do that because we've got doctors and nurses, oncologists and oncology nurses at the camp. We've got a special facility called the Med Shed, um, where we actually can um, give intravenous chemotherapy. We can do blood transfusions. So we can bring some very sick children to camp and, and give them an experience that's normal, um, but quite extraordinary given what they're going through. So before activities, but after breakfast, we have a lot of kids who go to the Med Shed to get their, to get their, their meds. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, kids go to activities. Uh, we have a uh, special activity on, uh, in the afternoons where kids can sign up and people like yourself, Jason can offer some pretty special programs, whether it's, um, you know, a, a special drum circle or, uh, you know, a pizza activity down at the rock wall, mm -hmm. just as an example. Um, and uh, in the evening times, there's campfires and there's camp games. Uh, the, uh, it, you know, when we have kids at camp and they are used to being patients, mm -hmm. um, they will come to camp and they'll, they may see some familiar faces and they may not recognize who exactly they are until a little later. Like, for example, when they go to the med shed and they realize that the person that they were beating with in arts and crafts is actually their oncologist mm -hmm. who's dressed up like a camp counselor or the person that they were on the, um, the tube with at water skiing is actually the oncology nurse that they know from, from the hospital. Um, and uh, what's cool about it is that when they go back to their lives outside of camp and they go and visit the hospital, they may see that oncologist or that oncology nurse. And now they don't, they don't only have cancer in common with that, uh, you know, with that medical practitioner. They've got like, the, the tube down at water skiing or arts and crafts necklaces, mm -hmm. um, or they've got camp songs in common. And I think, you know, camp as an intervention helps to break down the walls of that therapeutic relationship for, uh, for a child who's going through the throes of cancer. Um, and it allows for there to be a lot of healing involved um, because of camp. Yeah. Amazing. And for the other side behind the veil as 
volunteers. Like there's a lot that you put into making sure we can provide the best support for these kids. So before the kids even show up, all of us counselors, we head up, you know, a couple of days beforehand, we're setting up the camp, we're making custom uh, name badges or whatever to put on the kids bunk so that they know where they are and camp stresses you know, addressing some of those main issues. As soon as kids get off the bus, where are you going to eat? Where do you sleep? You know, where can I go to the bathroom? All of these fantastic things. But one of the things that I really appreciated from the get-go is when we have our debriefs with the med shed, because we get a little bit of information about each of the kids, but it's honestly just what we need to know. And I think that's so important because it's not like oh here's timmy and you know it's not looking great for him or something like that it's like Mm. you know all you need to know is timmy just needs to come and see us after breakfast for this med and then he is good to go fantastic kid loves to do cartwheels in the middle of the uh, field so you know watch out for that you know like this is kind of the stuff that we're getting and it allows us to because i've had a lot of conversations with the nurses and doc i i love after hours, sitting down with them up uh, there and picking their brain about, you know, their experience. And like you say, balancing that I'm your oncologist and I'm also down at water ski with you and all this. And something that's been really fascinating is everybody's way of, I don't want to say coping because like, there's going to be some people listening to this that'll say, I don't know how you can do this. I don't, I couldn't do it myself. I couldn't go up there knowing that these kids have some sort of ailment that they're, they're dealing with or something like that. And with all the conversations that I've had with people, it's like everyone has found their way of really finding their happy place. Like for me early on, it was, I don't know what this child is really going through. Like I said, we only know what we need to know. I don't know really what they're going through, but I know that they're a kid. And I know we're up at camp and I know my job here up at camp that I tell myself is to have as much fun as possible. And it like, it really just gets really simple in this time period, me, you know, looking at the differences, looking at, you know, uh, a port um, in this or scars on these children or something like that. That's not going to help us have fun. That's not going to help us, you know, get up that rock wall any quicker or anything like that. So my job right now is to be here and have fun. And I think for me, it allows me to leave everything on the field. And so it becomes when that nap time in the middle of the day comes about, that is just as much for me as it is for those kids. <laughs> Austin, yeah. It's, it's so powerful in that, um, you know, how do we, how do we know what our role here is and see it as like, yes, this is time to be at camp, to have fun with kids, not kids with X, Y, and Z, but just here with kids. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, it is a common observation that I hear from counselors who are like, I just, I forgot that they have cancer, or I forgot that he had cancer. Mm. And I understand that. Because I, you know, Jason, as a camp counselor, you don't treat your children like they have cancer. Mm-hmm. You don't treat your campers like they're, you know, surviving leukemia. Um, you know, we, I, I, you know, our approach is we meet kids where they're at. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and on some days it may be that they're a kid with cancer because they're not feeling well and they need to spend some time in the med shed or they need to, you know, get a, you know, get their port cleaned, mm-hmm. but that might just be for a couple of minutes mm-hmm. and then snap back to let's go play soccer or let's go into the, you know, into the music studio and, and do some music or let's just hang out. Um, I, yeah, I think that, that meeting, meeting kids where they're at is, um, part of the secret sauce. 
mm-hmm. that allows us and allows you to be you know totally present and just make the most fun possible because they don't dwell um, on it like we do like you say they're getting their pore cleaned but as soon as their energy comes back up or something like that then they want to run back to the lake they want to you know whereas adults i find i don't know what happens along the way it's like leaving never ne- uh, neverland and you slowly start to grow up and peter pan has kids all of a sudden but um (laughs) so that point where we just we as adults tend to dwell on things a little bit more and i think that's another lesson we can learn from kids is like wow everything's fine now skimmed our knee we were crying a second ago now we put a band-aid on it and we're back playing soccer yeah that's the that's part of that magic yeah i think we can let them push push us um you know we had a camper uh we've had we had a camper a few years ago who came to camp and she's a teenager. And, um, and at the time she was really in the throes of her cancer experience, but she came to camp uh, because she knew that there was a canoe trip mm-hmm. and she'd never gone on a canoe trip before. She'd never been to camp, but she said, yeah, I'm coming to camp because I want to go on that senior girls canoe trip. And uh, when she got to camp, the oncologist on site had figured out that, eh, you know, maybe this isn't, uh, you know, maybe we need to take it easy. The kind of, uh, chemotherapy the kind of treatment that she was on was uh required um it required the medication to be very cold Mm -hmm. and be kept refrigerated and uh so you know all of us you know kind of gathered around the camper and we're like sorry this isn't we don't know that this is going to work and she was totally understanding she was like no problem i get it you know i'll just have to come back another summer and um and do the canoe trip and uh and then this is where the dwelling that you talked about, where the adults kind of dwell, can turn into some really positive, some really positive stuff. The doctor, the oncologist, the nurses, um, the camp director put their minds together of like, how can we make this happen for this camper? And what they figured out was that, um, well, what happened was Sunday morning, the senior girls woke up and uh, this camper went to the med shed and she got her shot that she needed from the med shed. They threw the canoes onto the camp van and they drove to the park, Algonquin Park, and they got into the lake and they paddle, 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 and they go off to their, to their site. Um, the next morning at the crack of dawn, back at the camp, a volunteer driver and one of our oncology nurses, um, they grab the meds, they throw a canoe onto the van, they drive out to the park, they paddle, 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 they rendezvous with the cabin group in the park, they give the camper her shot. And the camper and her cabin mates go off to their site and the driver and the nurse paddle, paddle, paddle back to the, you know, drive back to the camp. The next morning, same thing happens. And, um, and it allowed Olivia to the chance to go on this trip. And when she got back from the trip, you could just see it in her eyes. Like they were just so full and she was so excited and so proud of herself for going on this canoe trip. And honestly, you could see it in, all of our, I mean, the volunteer counselors, the nurses, the doctors, everybody was just brimming with hope of like, wow, this is what can happen when, um, when, you know, as you said, like when the kind of challenge when the gauntlet's thrown down and, and the campers kind of push us to see how can we make things normal mm-hmm. for, for them and, and for all of us. And um, just and one of those beautiful accomplishments that very accomplished that, in a canoe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just a beautiful, beautiful moment. That's my dog who's barking at us, Jason. Apologies. <laughs> it's all part of the experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He thinks it's an accomplishment too. <laughs> there he is. Um, <laughs> when I was, uh, a couple things stood out for me there. Of, of One of the other pieces of camp that I really appreciate is we do not go 
we don't address anything from a punishment standpoint. That is just like a big no, no. And I was, <laughs> Alex, I was brought up in a European household and okay. <laughs> needless to say, <laughs> if you did something wrong, you were definitely shown that you did something wrong. But I love from the get-go up at camp that we have our camp contract that we make with the kids right at day one, have it on the back of their door. And even though some of these kids are, are quite young, we're treating them, we're giving them a feeling of being an adult as, as well in the fact that they're signing this contract that we've all made together. So we talk about not bullying, we talk about respecting each other, standing for each other greatness, and we allow the kids to actually come up with all of these virtues instead of us as counselors saying, this is the rules here and all this kind of stuff. So they come up with this amazing, with some strategic guiding, and then they all sign it. And the environment that that's created has been really interesting as well. Uh, a couple of stories that really stand out for me. One, as you mentioned, I, I often bring up drums, instruments and stuff like that. that. Actually, the last two times I was up at camp, I was a music counselor, um, which has been another great experience. For all but, of us. Just so <laughs> anybody listening right now, Jason is a very talented musician. Thank we you. love having him at camp. Uh, but I remember one time I brought up a bunch of little djembes, but then I had, which are uh, like West African hand drums. But I brought up one, which was mine. It had, uh, it's, a, it's a nicer drum. It had a very tight skin on it. You had to be quite careful with it. And we had this one kid that was a little bit more of a handful than the rest of the kids. And we were getting ready for closing campfire, um, which was kind of like this big talent show thing that we do at the end of the, the two week session. And I was helping with some of the, the tech stuff and some of the sound stuff, getting it all ready. And he just wouldn't sit still. And again, like that old paradigm of like how we treat kids is I wanted to take him aside and say like, no, you can't do, you know what, if you're going to do that. And like, you know, that whole threaten mentality, if you're going to keep this up, you're not going to be in the closing camp, but we can't do that to these kids. So it forces you to like think outside and I'm like, okay, okay. So I put him in front of my drum and I said, okay, so here's the deal. You know, we're down by the water and everything else. And this is very delicate. What I need is I need someone that I can trust to really take care of this drum for me and make sure that nobody else touches it and that, you know, it stays clear of sand and all this kind of stuff. And some of the other kids and some of the other counselors were looking at me like, that's an expensive drum. Are you sure you're putting this in the right hands? And I, I put this drum in front of him and for the entire closing campfire, he was amazing. He wouldn't let a speck of sand land on the skin of this drum. He's cleaning it off. He wouldn't let anybody else near it. Like, no, 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 this is Jason's drum. We got to take care of Jason's drum. And he was fantastic. And I let him play it for the, the closing campfire. And I played one of the, the little drums. And it was just a big eye-opener of like, there's other ways that we can, that we can do the other models that we can use. And so that was one that I wanted to get out there. And the other one that was mind-blowing for me was the last time I was up at camp. So somehow when we are brainstorming as camp counselors, some amazing stuff comes out. Counselors are absolutely incredible. And the way that mm -hmm. they pull, we had someone who brought a whole green screen and all of his like his laptop with his high tech everything. And we had amazing special effects up at camp going on. Um, but for basically two weeks, I was charged with being Mario. The Nintendo character had escaped. <laughs> from I remember this. Yes. So I was uh, speaking in a very stereotypical Italian accent the whole time. Thank you to my background. And um, we were at an event and I was being Mario in this, I think he was around 15 years old, wasn't one of my kids, came up to me and 
he just really wanted to get me down for some reason. He came up to me. He's like, you know, you suck at this. And I was like, oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. And he, he's, you know, I'm not, not a very big guy. This kid at the age of 14 was already way taller than me. And he's like right up in my face. And he's like, and, and your, your accent's terrible. And these kids can see right through it. And nobody thinks that you're funny. And it just was like, really just getting on me. And again, my first instinct is like, you want to just tell the kid, go away. You're ruining this for all the other kids. But then again, it's like, okay, well, what's another approach that I could take of this? And I got to the point where I was exasperated before I finally said, can I just give you a hug? And he looked at me very straight. He's like, what? I'm like, can I just, can I just give you a hug right now? And even like, he got to the point where he's like, and your breath stinks and you're short and you have no hair. And like, he was just like everything. I asked him if I can give him a hug. And I, he said, um, okay. So I gave him a hug. And all of a sudden, his attitude completely changed. And he's like, oh, man, I've been really mean, haven't I? I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to, like, get on your case about all this kind of stuff. And then throughout the rest, so that was like a midway point of week one. And then mm-hmm. the rest of the time at camp, he was helping me with the other kids. He was, like, right there alongside of me with these programs. He was getting into them. He was so nice to me and everything. And I wonder in these moments of how different that would have been if, I wasn't in this environment, not to say that I'm a, you know, a mean person to kids or anything, but I probably <laughs> would have said like, would you just leave me alone and just go away so I can, you know, do what I'm doing here and have fun and all this kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. being put in that situation of like, no, this isn't how we, this isn't how we treat kids. This is how we treat people. This isn't how we want to be treated. And there's probably a lot going on that's causing this kid to feel like, you know, rattling the, uh, the beehive a little bit is worthwhile. And mm-hmm. taking that other approach just completely changed the camp experience. Yeah. Oh, those are beautiful. I mean, I, I, I love both those stories. I, you know, one of the, one of the pieces that I string together with both of those are, are that you were being vulnerable in, in both of those stories, you know, and that we as adults, you know, in a positions of power in a place like camp, um, sure. I think it would be the easy way out to be, to use that as an authoritarian and, and to, you know, drive rules or consequences down kids' uh, throat. And that's just not the, that's just not where we find uh, the power of camp. We find it in actually being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know, my, this is, this is a drum and it's, it's my drum and I would really, you know, I want you to take care of it. Can we take care of it together? I need your help. Will you help me take care of this, right? Being open and vulnerable. Um, and as a, you know, as, as Super Mario brother, um, being open to, well, actually not responding to the kind of negativity and just being open to a hug, um, being vulnerable, you know, and I, I think that the, the, the role of the camp counselor, whether it's at Ooch or quite frankly, anywhere, um, the role of, of us as, uh, you know, authority figures, um, you know, a, a good camp counselor, good teacher, um, can be, can partner with a child and can help them learn and can help them adapt. And, and, um, but I think a great one, um, is able to partner with a child because they're, they're able to be open and, uh, and can show that, you know, I'm not perfect. I, uh, there's some things that I don't do the best at, and I, I don't know everything about, um, and you, you might actually be able to teach me something. You know, that's, that's the partnership there. Uh, I, I, you know, the, the counselors that impress me the most at camp are the ones that can, um, they, they bring that so naturally, you know, and that they can be as present and as open as possible. I mean, I'd like to see that more in our community too, um, is, uh, you know, folks who can, who are, 
just open to the fact that, um, and, and not ashamed of the fact that I'm not the greatest <laughs> at everything, um, that I am uh, imperfect. Um, I think that we can connect better as a community when we, when we just are open and okay with that. I think you nailed it because you earlier talked about, you know, we're looking for these common threads in some way. We're looking for these things that we can see that are the same within us and that can grow such amazing uh, roots within a community. And I feel like, like that's really, I think that's the secret to um, creating this utopian world peace society. How do we just get like world to be like camp in a way? Because Camp Ooch has, from even just the time I've been there since 2010, has really grown. The facility has grown. The amount, like how many volunteers are you up to now between Ooch and Trillium? Yeah, we have, yeah, we have 800, 800 plus volunteers who range in age from 18 to 80 years old come up to camp and make camp happen like it's it's just an amazing environment and ooch has some fantastic apparel out there which is just one of the small ways that we can try to support the organization is just through our little hats and jackets and all this and i love walking down the street and it's amazing how much this happens because either you have 800 and some odd volunteers but there are so many people who are involved in um, the sporting run uh, as well and all, some of the other programs you just had like the the paddle project was a big one for 2020 right am i yeah that's right yeah the paddle project was a big community fundraiser that we had um, to help raise money to send to bring camp to kids in a year where we can't bring kids to camp because of covid um yeah love... the, the you you sorry keep going Ooch, yes <laughs> <laughs> i'll come back but i love this idea of like even people who i went to go get um uh, my TV test uh, to come up at camp a couple years ago. And I'm up in Orangeville way. I'm not in downtown Toronto or anything like that. And one of the nurses there, Oh, what camp is this for? Camp Uchigayas. And Oh, my sister or my, uh, my friend of a friend knows this. And like, it's starting to become this movement almost of people who know what's going on there. And it's enough of a connection to start some amazing conversations. I walk down the street with an ooch hat on and someone will stop me and said, I, I used to volunteer like 10 years ago. What's it like there still? Do you want to grab a drink sometime? Mm. And a connection that I may ne never have made, a friend that I may never have made. And through that small little tie of like, we both know that we're in the, we're in the business of compassion here. If you're involved in some way with, with ooch or Trillium or, or some of these other organizations, and it's enough to bring us together. It's enough to make people really let some of that compassion out. Now, I know that Uch isn't really receiving, and correct me here, because this isn't my field. Now, you're, you've moved your way up. For those that don't know, you're in the, the position now of CEO, if I'm correct. Yes. And you're not receiving official funding or from any outside source. Yeah, we, we don't receive government funding or hospital funding. And I think because of COVID, um, you know, the, all the kind of community events um, have been compromised or canceled. So it's certainly impacted our, our revenue uh, in a year where, you know, the revenue's down, the demand is, is, is up because uh, all these other services have kind of fallen by the wayside. Um, and so kids with cancer, their families, the kind of social programs that exist out there, um, you know, Ooch and Trillium, uh, we're, we're it. Uh, so, so yeah, that's been certainly some of the challenges that we've been uh, grappling with this past year in terms of how do we continue to provide programs that, I mean, just as we've been speaking, they're so powerful for our families. Um, you know, especially parents and guardians who, uh, you know, they're going through the cancer experience too. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And our programs are family programs. Um, so, I mean, I, some of my favorite experiences are being at community programs um, in this, in the, you know, in the city and the communities, and seeing parents connect with parents. You know, two 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 dads talking to each other and just connecting about what it's like to have a child who's got cancer, um, and uh, and families becoming friends. You know, kids who spend so much time out of school, they kind of miss out on the the social. Uh, stickiness that happens through school friend relationships with families. And that's where we've got families becoming friends through camp. Um, so yeah, there's a, we, we certainly rely on our community to support us and every dollar counts. And whether it's taking part in the sporting life, 10 K or it's uh, you know, becoming a monthly donor, that's the way that our organization is going to be able to move through the, uh, through the pandemic. So even though, you know, it's kind of a, a tricky time and it's tough for a lot of families and everything, if, if we do have this drive to want to support, to help, um, what are some of the ways, you know, we talked about becoming volunteers, we talked, mm-hmm. you know, getting involved in different ways, but what are some of the ways that we can support, whether with our time, with our money, however that looks, what are some of the ways we can support camp? Yeah, sure. Well, certainly, uh, you know, if, uh, you know, being a camp counselor, coming up to camp or participating in some of our community programs as a camp counselor, if that interests anybody, um, you don't need to have camp experience. As Jason, you've just demonstrated. Uh, camp experience is not where it's at. I would say that uh, being open and available to the experience of a young person is, uh, is a key asset mm-hmm. to coming in and applying to be a volunteer. Um, so that's the time piece. Certainly also doing a community fundraiser, you know, birthday party in lieu of gifts, you know, help send camp to a child with cancer or uh, so that's time. And then in terms of um, treasure, you know, certainly we, we do not receive any government funding. I know I said that already, but uh, we value every gift that's given. And so if that's something that somebody can do in a year um, that Ooch would really, really benefit because of it. Uh, And then, you know, in terms of talent, we are always looking for, um, folks to help us in terms of advisory or, or committees. And uh, if you think that uh, you can help us and want to get involved, then give us a call. And you can look us up by going to ooch.org, www.ooch.org. Is that a shameless plug? Am I allowed to do that, Jason? That's great. That's fantastic. I would have done it if you didn't. Okay, uh, thanks. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's, it's important that that was one of the big things for me with this is, you know, I started when I was in college, I didn't really have, didn't have funds to spare, but mm-hmm. in the summertime I had some time and, yeah. uh, what a, what a great way to, to spend the summer and really get a lot out of it in return for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think, you know, the, the best way to be part of the, the kind of movement of, of Ooch is, um, I think just being open and open and vulnerable in one's own life. And I bet you pass enough people on the street, hopefully you see an ooch or a trillium hat on and you're like, maybe it's time, maybe it's time that I get involved and uh, follow in the footsteps of a guy like you, Jason, we need, uh, we need more good people. Um, all this because the organization is growing. There's lots of kids who've got cancer who don't have the opportunity to come to camp. Um, so we do need help. Well, one of the things I love when we do our all volunteer trainings and we all come together is the number that is often focused on. It's like, yes, this is amazing. We have more volunteers than ever. We have more campers than ever. Yes, let's celebrate that. But here's another number. And this is the number of the kids that have not yet, that we've not yet been able to reach that are Mm -hmm. living remotely, that are just have not been had access yet to these kinds of programs. And there's always that drive of like, how do we, reach more of these. We don't want anyone to miss out on this opportunity. 
And I think that's what this growth is really speaking to is how do we get to these kids? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the number is that only 25% of kids with cancer in Ontario have access to an oncology camp. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we think we can do more. And last year we merged with another camp called Camp Trillium. So now we are Camp Ooch and Camp Trillium. Uh, so we're the largest oncology camp in Canada. Um, we serve in the province of Ontario and only 25% of the kids, you know, with more funding, with additional volunteers, we're going to be able to reach every child and their family through uh, camp programs. That's our goal. And um, I expect that in the coming years, we will continue to grow so that more kids experience the kind of joy and friendship that, um, well, that you've seen kids experience every day that you've been at camp. Amazing. In a little bit of time, I just wanted to also put out there that one of the things that I also found amazing is I had always heard of uh, the Timel session and I never really knew what it was about until finally I said, okay, I have to try volunteering for it. Oh, good. I'm glad you went. Oh, good. Amazing. So for those that are listening, this session is for, well, maybe you can explain it a little bit better so I don't misquote it but i'll jump no, yeah yeah a timo is um so the legend of princess ooch is uh it's an indigenous it's a cree uh story and it's about a young brave who overcomes many challenges to be with the uh, uh people that she loves in a nutshell and um and timo is is her brother and it's where she gets all of her 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 love and her power and so we named camp timo um because of the love and power that uh, siblings provide uh their their patient siblings. And so we have a bereavement program for Sibs who've lost a brother or sister to cancer. And uh, it's one week long. And um, we started off with uh, 17 kids about 15 years ago. And I think we have about 125 campers um, every summer. And it's a beautiful program. Um, what I, you know, here's a, an example. When the kids get off the bus uh, every summer at Timo, there's always about 10 to 15 new campers. And, uh, you know, if you're a new camper, then you've recently lost a brother or sister to cancer. And there's just nothing more powerful or that, you know, sums up what the power of camp is all about than seeing uh, the returning campers welcome new campers to Camp Timo. Because um, speak yeah. about like a connection, when we, we talk about the uh, regular sessions, you know, people are connecting on the level of, oh, you've have you had this doctor? Have you done this before with Uch? Or, you know, look at my port. It looks like yours. And, you know, some of these kinds of things. But with Timo, it's like, yeah, we we know we're all here because we have a deep connection. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes, like you say, at camp, we don't often talk about the fact that the kids have cancer. And with Timo, what I found is sometimes, you know, yeah, during the day playing and all this kind of stuff, but there's also these beautiful, vulnerable moments where some of the kids feel like maybe I can open up a little bit mm-hmm. and there's the peer support, like as in with the regular sessions, I find, you know, we get a little bit more involved with the the kids. And as far as that goes, whereas Timo is like, let's just back away as counselors and let the, let the magic of camp do its thing. Let these, let these kids talk amongst themselves, talk about their experiences and everything. And it's extremely beautiful. And through Timo, I've also done some of the, um, overnight programs with the parents mm-hmm. and that in and of itself is also really amazing I remember one time uh, it's like this opportunity for the kids to go camping with their parents and really all we're there for as counselors is to just keep things rolling we have a van or a couple vans full of goodies all kinds of games and all this kind of stuff and we just keep the fun happening and I think also to support the parents there's the time because some of these people are coming out of um, the city and I grew up in the country and 
that well, I remember one point uh, a dad's putting a tent together or trying to and is having <laughs> a little bit of a tough time, but wants to look like, you know, that dad role to his kids. So I went over and, uh, Gerald, I think this is the poll you're looking for right here. And, oh, yes, Jason, thank you very much. And that goes where again? Remember, it goes here. Oh, yeah, perfect. <laughs> uh, exactly what I... <laughs> and it's just all of this. It trickles through so much of the family experience, the home experience, and, and really the life experience. It's so amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's empowering, isn't it? It's empowering for all of us, uh, just being part of it and uh, being part of somebody's own development, whether that's a parent or a sibling or you know, a patient, somebody's going through cancer, or a volunteer camp counselor. I mean, I think we all grow at camp because we're open, we're authentic, we are trying to be ourselves if you can try to be yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Gosh, we're lucky to have you involved at Oots, Jason. My goodness. Are you kidding? Haven't you got this? I'm just so excited to have had the opportunity. Like, man. I was reflecting, I did Silly September this, uh, this month because I realized I didn't get my dose of being silly up at camp. So I ran a, a little campaign of just me posting videos of me being silly because I realized like, man, something feels off. Something's missing this year in my life. And it was that, um, how would we say, immersive experience of just having fun with these kids and everything. So I, on behalf of, of, of myself and probably many of the other volunteers, thank you so much for the environment created by, by yourself, by all the forebears who set all this in motion. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Oh my goodness. No, I, it's, a, it's a job for me. I'm very fortunate to have it. And uh, it is the people that make camp happen. And that's just it. Is that it's it's not up to one person. I can't bring it to Africa. I can't bring it up to Muskoka. It's uh, it's this collective experience. Um, you're part of it, and uh, and we it's a it's a we're all very lucky. For sure. On that note, I think that's a great message to send out into the world that there's all plenty that we can feel lucky for in in all of this, even with COVID and everything going on. Focus on the love. Focus on the compassion. And uh, once again, thank you so much, Alex. I hope uh, to see you in person at some programs in the not too far distant future. I know. I want to be in your, in your campfire band again, Jason. <laughs> Jamming with you is always a pleasure. Likewise. Thank you so much. Have a fantastic day, Alex. Take care, Jason. Thanks. Thanks.